Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and you already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey everyone, this is John Rocha from Collider. By now, you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus is one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy Award-winning animated series The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first-ever Star Wars live-action series, and high school musical The Musical The Series, a very meta take on the beloved film franchise. It's no wonder Disney Plus has become one of the most talked-about streaming services of 2019. So don't miss out. Sign up for Disney Plus now and start streaming all this great content today. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Oh, here we are, episode 69, Rule of Two, coming in hot. Welcome back, everybody, from your long weekend. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Mark Fernandez joining me as always. How was your big Thanksgiving, Mr. Fernandez? It was good, man. It was good. It was good, full of food. On Thursday, you know, way know. too much food. I mean, I'm a, I'm a disaster, man. I've eaten, I'm eating so much. I not only killed it on Thanksgiving, yeah. but then continued to kill it Friday, Saturday. Sunday was ridiculous. Yesterday was ridiculous. I just yeah. kept eating the pie that my fiance made for me. I keep eating them. But we but, are here. We are back. We yeah. are going to review episode four of The Mandalorian because it dropped over break. So you guys get us for this uh Spoilers, right? We can't really go into yeah, this thing spoiler without review spoilers. of The Mandalorian. We're going to give it to you guys. Yep, we um, will give it there. But uh, up top, we do want to mention this episode of Heroes uh, – of uh, Rule of Two, I should say, <laughs> is brought to you by Heroes and Villains. If you want to go to heroesvillains.com. Guys, this is what's interesting. It's Cyber Monday. We checked today. Yeah. You get 35% on the website heroesvillains.com. If you put in Rule 10, you get an additional 10%. That's 45%. Do the math. Do the math. You're almost getting half off of this thing just in time for Cyber Monday. But the, we are wearing this stuff. They have all new looks that include Batman and Joker. We have Star Trek and, of course, the the Warriors of Mandalore, the Mandalorian. Everybody's talking about it, including us. Yeah, that's a sweet one you get on right now. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, this is the one I picked. That's yeah. sweet. I like this one. And then there's a bomber jacket, a green one that Makuga was wearing on live earlier today. Nice. Josh Makuga back on the show this week uh, for Collider Live. Shameless plug there. Uh, he was wearing this bomber jacket that's awesome. But you guys, they have all sorts of stuff, women's clothing, men's clothing, hats, everything. This stuff is so good. So if you go to heroesvillains.com, please, on checkout, 10%, you get it off. We are having a friendly competition among shows. Rule of Two did so well last time. Put in Rule 10 yeah, rule on 10. checkout, and you're going to get yourself some awesome stuff for Cyber Monday. And then it continues on. Rule 10 is the only code you're going to get through Collider that's going to get you a discount. So remember that, Rule 10 for Rule of Two. And look, you know, um, obviously you're going to get great gear. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. But more than anything else, uh, these guys believe in Collider. Yeah. These guys believe in Rule of Two. These guys believe in what we do. And if you want to support us, there's no better way to support us mm-hmm. than to go support them. Right. And not just send, you know, some donation into the ether, which we always appreciate as well, but get something a little bit back out of it. You yeah. know, get you know, get yourself some gear at forty five percent off because it Today, is my yeah, God. It is Cyber Monday, plus that rule ten gives you that extra tw- ten? It's thirty five percent with ten percent R code. So forty five percent. Yes, you can't be that, that's insane, and I wish I wish my fiance would uh, like a lot of Star Wars stuff because I would just spend it all there at HeroesVillains.com. Yeah. But back to it, Thanksgiving, good. Episode 69, huh? It's 69, man. Yeah, it's man. That, it's that number. Yeah, we'll let you guys figure out who's, uh, who's <laughs> the right player to uh... – yeah, yeah, who would be a number 69 that you have out there? You're the sports guy. Come on. What's I, on I the top know. of your head? I don't know a good number 69. Drop it in the, in the uh, chat here. We are having the rule of two army in there. I will be checking it uh, here and there throughout the show. But episode four, entitled Sanctuary of the Mandalorian – we can get into it right now, or do you want to like mention? Are you excited at all? Not only for the rest of Mandalorian, but I want to get your feed. 
<laughs> Rise of Skywalker, man. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. It's, soon. it's coming soon. Are you Look, feeling good about it? We are. We have so much Star Wars going on right now that whether – look, I'm never going to lie on this show. No, you don't. Okay? And I'm going to tell you what I, what I think okay. and uh, my honest opinions. Okay. And again, Loyal Opposition, the song we've been singing from the beginning on this show – we don't have to love every single game they play, mm-hmm. but we all have the same favorite sports team. Our team is Star Wars. We're we're Team Star Wars, and we love everything about it. We just sometimes, because we're so fanatical, because it is so quasi-religious and philosophical for us, we have very strong reactions to it, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Some of them are positive. Some of them are critical, right. okay? Some of them might be nitpicky, and some of them, you know, might be right on the money. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. At least it's okay for me, you know? And look, I, I, I know that last time, even though I liked The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I had my critiques about it. Sure. And I have my critiques about this episode as well. I do too, and, and, and I, I've been loving it. So much lately, this episode didn't love as much. You know, so it, 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 it happens. It, it ebbs and it flows, but the dialogue will continue. Yes. The dialogue will continue, and we're here to have it, and we're glad that you guys are here to join us uh, and contribute. And to that point, before we get started here, um, if you're sending it, I, I'm already seeing a few super chats coming in. Uh, we, you know, we love it, um, but we will. Wait until the end of the show to answer the Super Chat questions. So keep them coming in. We will get to them. We'll do them all back-to-back in a rapid-fire segment that we like calling Super Chat with Cody. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And and Cody Cody will be there. He'll read them out, and we'll answer them. And then before that, today, I think for the last 15, 20 minutes of the show, we are going to take calls. Yeah, we'll take some calls. If you want to come back at us and don't like our reviews or you want to have – constructive dialogue because the first person that comes on and doesn't have constructive dialogue, Cody is quick to hit that hang-up button. Um, that it, that which is, is okay. true. I mean, if that's what you want to you know, do, get hung up on, then you know, you know, go for it. If you want to have a discussion, <laughs> we're here to have it, positive or negative. Let's have it all. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's all my housekeeping. That's your housekeeping. And it's like I said yesterday when I was uh, on, online saying, if you want to love Star Wars, love your Star Wars. And everything in between. It's all good. I enjoy talking Star Wars with Mark Fernandez on Rule of Two because it's episode 69, Rule of Two. Rise. Ooh, and our fancy schmancy opening, Rule of Two. Here we are. If you're listening to us at home on the Collider Podcast One, Jedi Council Feed, thank you very much. Give us a nice review over there. That helps like you wouldn't believe. And we go live every Monday here on Collider Videos, so thank you for joining us. Let's get to it. It's episode four of The Mandalorian entitled Sanctuary. The Mandalorian needs sanctuary with Baby Yoda having – again, we mentioned up top. I have to reiterate, this is spoilers. If you haven't seen the episode – this might not be the podcast for you, the show for you yet. Watch it. Yeah. Come back. Join us. Jump in the chat. Give us your questions. Your super chat will take at the end. But episode four, Sanctuary. Finally, we get Gina Carano's character coming in. Cara Dune, finally. We've known she's coming. For me as the character, she did not disappoint. Yeah. We can get to more of that she, later. 
I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep yeah. doing your little intro. It's a little hot in the studio today. It is so hot. I'm going to take this off. Take that be, off. I'll be right back. I understand. So I will talk into the ether by myself while uh, Mark Fernandez takes off his fancy schmancy jacket. Uh, so the episode finally did introduce Cara Dune. We've been wanting to know how is she going to fit into the episode. We finally got our answer. And this one also felt a little bit different than in that we had the Mandalorian kind of taking a breather on a planet with Baby Yoda, finding the sanctuary, and he runs into an ex-Rebel Rebel Alliance soldier. I guess she was a uh, rebel uh, – what did they call her? Uh, uh, people in the chat helped me out. <coughs> I can't remember what they call it, but she, she was like a special ops for the rebels. Yeah, yeah. And what she, I was loved, rebel. she was she rebel. She was rebel. And what yeah. I loved about it is you got that little bit of a, of a you know, after the Battle of Endor, I was mostly on cleanup, hit missions, take yeah. out these big empire kind of things. And then it became very political for her, which was a little different than what she was used to. She liked to be in the mud. She liked to be in the action. And then here we are seven years later after the events of Return of the Jedi. She runs into the Mando. The Mando t- tries to take her out wondering who she is. She realized he's your baby Yoda, but there's a problem. <laughs> they got some uh, like ravagers, whoever the hell they are in the in the in the woods. There got their hands on an ATST, and they're just kind of taking out that small village there. And that's kind of in a nutshell what the episode is. Yeah, your and, take and, on it right away though. Like it? Didn't like it? Lukewarm? Um, look, there's a lot of thoughts about it because it's friggin' Star Wars. Okay, so I have a roller coaster of thoughts about it. Shock Trooper. Shock Trooper. That's it. Shock Trooper. Thank you, chat. So and um, in our pre-production meeting, and yes, we're trying to have pre-production meetings so that we come into it not fact-checked, but prepped. Prepped, what we're talking about. Right? Yeah. Because what's the the Boy Scout motto? Always be prepared. Yes. Okay. And we're trying to implement a little bit of that here on the show. Pull that from my First of all, that's absolutely right. Yeah, my old Boy Scout (laughs) days. I'm like, what was it? But – and Riley brings up a great point. When you're when you're watching these episodes, okay, mm-hmm. it's good to contextualize them in the narrative flow of the season. Yeah. Okay, and that affects how you like the episode or are are pleased by the episode because if it's consistent with the narrative arc that you're kind of building up to, mm-hmm. and it adds to that arc, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this is where we're going. Right. Now, in the last episode, episode three. Which I thought was great. That's my know. favorite episode thus yeah. far. My favorite is still two. I thought yeah. two was awesome. Uh, but three I thought was very good too. Um, it leaves you with this sort of like kind of moral cliffhanger, which mm-hmm. is that the Mandalorian made the choice to save the kid. Right. Okay? Yep. Save oh, the child. Save the child yep. over turning him over and, and – and maintaining the integrity of the bounty hunter law. Right. Right? Because he's not only following the Mandalorian code, mm-hmm. okay, which he adopted. We learned that in this episode, actually. Right. That he adopted it when he was on, you know. He was essentially adopted. So since, we're getting, we're getting yeah, some backstory We're getting for some him. backstory. Seven, yep. eight years old is yep. when he adopted uh, the mask uh, or the helmet. Hasn't really taken it off in front of other people since then um, because then he can't put it back on. And I actually really like that line. Yeah, she's like, "Can you ever take that off?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yes, but I can't put it back on." Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty cool. I actually thought that was very cool. Um, but in that episode, you're now left wondering, <coughs> okay, so what are the consequences of this choice? Mm-hmm. Right. So this episode picks up the episode appropriately titled "Sanctuary." Sanctuary yeah. Look, picks up with him trying to find 
a hideout, yeah. a sanctuary mm-hmm. for him and Baby Yoda to sort of hang out and sort of get their bearings, maybe right. Get the bearings, weather the storm. Yeah. So I don't know how he picked the planet. I think they actually showed that in exposition somehow. Yeah, he was kind of doing the run out. And he was saying, "Oh, okay, it's like kind of uncharted." And said, like I'm paraphrasing here, but they basically he scans the planet, going, "Oh, there's this, there's this. It looks safe. Let's go." Yeah. So he ends up at this planet, and um, again. I can't help to think and that this episode reminded me if The Seven Samurai and Star Trek uh, Insurrection mm. had, a ba- had a baby Yoda. It would this be, would be it. Th- th- this would be the episode. You totally reminded me of Insurrection. I've seen that movie once. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. They kind of – at least the opening we were talking about it. We were rewatching it. It's, it and the story is very similar. Mm-hmm. OK? You know, the idea of – Here's in a kind of utopic little community that all dress the same. Right. So, again, a lot of these Star Trek tropes are finding their way into the Mandalorian. It's kind of unarguable. Mm. And on Disney Plus, actually, right after I watched The Mandalorian, it was suggested that I watch The Clone Wars, the movie. Okay. Oh, you're getting that? Every time The Mandalorian ends, they want me watching Empire Strikes Back. Oh, really? For, oh, yeah. me, for me, they keep going to The Clone Wars. Yeah, it keeps Empire Strikes Back. It's like, that's my favorite. Yes, <laughs> I will watch it in due time. Yeah. You so, don't need to recommend it. So I, so I actually uh, uh, started watching a little bit of The Clone You know, I've never seen The Clone Wars. I'm, I've, seen the, I've seen the TV series like five times. Right, right. But I've never seen the movie. Oh, the movie. Oh, okay. So they're suggesting the movie. They're suggesting the movie. Run away, my friend. Run away. Okay, so first of all, I saw like the first 15, 20 minutes. I was actually enjoying myself. Were you? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I only saw the first 15 or 20 minutes. I still haven't seen Baby Jabba the Hutt. Now, mm-hmm. let's remember the whole point mm-hmm. of that movie mm-hmm. is Baby Jabba the Hutt. Right. I mean, that's what the whole movie's about. Yeah. It's uh, Gardula the Hutt, I believe. Is that the name? Something like that. Of the baby? Uh, yeah, about the, 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 the young whippersnapper of a hut. I, don't, I can't remember. Maybe the chat can remind me. I think that's what it is, but. Yeah. That movie is rough. I, yeah. I haven't watched it since I saw it. But but anyway, so so you are dealing with um, an episode <laughs> that I think is very similar in tone to Star Trek when it starts out. I think it's undeniable. Mm-hmm. And you, the reason I brought up the Clone Wars is that I started watching the Clone Wars and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's Star Wars. Yeah. Like there is no Star Trek in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like even when they sh- – like again – the humanizing the aliens thing, I think, is a very dangerous ground to tread on with Star Wars, okay? Like, as hmm. brand values, okay. okay? Star Wars, the aliens in Star Wars are always super alien, mm-hmm. okay? It's like a guy that, like, literally looks like he's got a long snout and, like, big teeth. Mm-hmm. They all look like Jim Henson puppets, you and know? they have a, a dialect all to their own, like right, which yeah. is awesome. And the and the yeah, and the subtitles come in. I always love that about Star yeah, Wars. It, mm-hmm. like in Star Wars, it always made you feel like you were actually in a weird cantina in a galaxy far, far away, right? Because it didn't feel like outside of the humans, and there's definitely a human contingency in Star Wars. They're humans. Everybody mm-hmm. else outside of them looks alien. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you have the exceptions. Of, you know, of like um, the Zabrak, you mm-hmm. know, like are, 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 are very human-esque, you right, know. Right, But then you look at somebody like Darth Plagueis. Everybody's always talking Darth Plagueis, Darth Plagueis, Darth Plagueis. When you think about what Darth Plagueis looks like, he's immune. Yeah. And when you think about what immune looks like, immune is not something that you can do with makeup. No. 
I mean, right? You need a prosthetic. You need like, like, or motion capture, do a la Snoke or a la Gollum or something like that, right? Right, right. Is that right. where you're going? It's not like here's a blue face, throw a couple of gills on it, right. and now you have a new species, mm-hmm. which has always been Star Trek's thing, right? Now, Star Trek Insurrection, to me, feels a lot like this episode, right? You have a little utopic community that are being invaded by an outside force, and here comes a superior uh, element to offer help. Also, the exact same story as the Seven Samurai. Right. I mean, Seven Samurai got immediately. Right, right. You know, here's a little village. Yep. Here's a bunch of bad samurais. Let's hire a good samurai. Teach him how to fight and defend. And, you Take know, him out. There you go. Yep. So, which is okay, you know. There's also an episode of Clone Wars that people were pointing to about this episode that they basically saw. That, okay. Like the same thing. Anakin Skywalker. I can't remember the, the Clone Wars episode. The name, I should say, but... Anakin Skywalker on a planet teaching the natives how to basically do exactly that scene, the stick, defend yourself, all these things. People brought up on Twitter. It's like, what am I watching right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you're talking about the episode with um, – actually, the episode that introduces um, – uh, Not Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera. Was that that? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that has been brought up as well. I've seen people mentioning Seven Samurai. That Clone Wars episode, this is the first time I've heard any reference to Star Trek. I didn't get it because I'm not a huge Star Trek guy. So when you mention Insurrection, a lot of people in this chat are like, you got to watch it again. It's F. Marie Abraham. I'm like, I forgot he was in it. <laughs> right. So uh, I'm glad that we have some Star right. Trek love happening here. However, yeah. it didn't land with me like that. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it just happens. So, yeah. So look, I um, overall, my, my biggest point in all of this, though, is um, – is Baby Yoda is the greatest thing to happen to Star Wars since 1983. Mm. Since 1983 when Return of the Jedi was over? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I think the prequels are pretty great too. But Baby Yoda – Whoa. Is Wait a, a minute. I just, I just really put two and two together. Yeah. You're putting it over the prequels. I'm putting it over the prequels. Holy shit. The impact. I'm it. The, the, the well, impact. the impact is undeniable – how much – I mean now just when you think you couldn't get more Baby Yoda memes, we have more Baby Yoda memes. Now it's the, it's now the equivalent of the sipping tea. Right, it's right. It's Baby of, Yoda just – Of Kermit. Freaking love it. Yeah. I mean Baby Yoda is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean I thought that like that little uh, Groot plant from like the second uh, – Yeah, know, Guardians. Guardians was yeah. pretty good. This is another level of cute. I mean it's just like – it's unbelievable. That scene as we are introduced to you know finding this planet and everything and they're just flying in space, Baby Yoda pressing the buttons. And then that one moment, he just kind of leans back and – I mean just effing with the Mandalorian. Loved it. It's just like no matter how – I mean this is basically what's happening with, you know, with me in the show. Yeah. I have a couple of realizations about this show. Okay. okay. That mismatch my expectations. Okay, and I'll come out and I'll say it openly here. Okay, number one, I did think that the Mandalorian was going to be again. I made the same folly that I make with Star Wars every single fucking time I watch it. Interesting. What is this? Okay, which is I think this Star Wars is going to be for me, or better yet, for an old ass man, (laughs) or better yet, or nicely, an adult. Mm-hmm. It's not for adults. Star Wars is for kids. Always has been. 
Okay, always has been, and that it is what it is. And that's why I love Star Wars because it it's supposed to bring that thing out of you. Right. It's supposed to give you those morality plays. Morality plays that are easy to digest. Some, some kids, some people are going to argue immediately. Well, look at the prequels. It was all about trade federations and this, this, and that. I, I would say that was for the adults a little bit more. And Lucas was trying to say something with the prequels. Yeah. So, but look, and Lucas is very good about showing you the boogeyman. Okay, mm-hmm. about showing you the dark side. And he's very good about romanticizing the dark side. Yeah. And he's very good about making the de- the dark side sexy, which can be perceived as adult-type content. Right. But ultimately, it isn't. Ultimately, it's still, hey, let me tell, uh, like, a kid a ghost story so that you know that you shouldn't, like, walk into strangers' cars. Right. Or that you shouldn't, like, you know— like walk down to the cemetery at night when your parents tell you not to do it, you know, because right. there might be ghosts there, you know, mm-hmm. there, you know, over there be monsters, you know, um, and he's very good at doing that. But look, ultimately, the Mandalorian is also for kids. It sure is. OK. And I'll be honest with you. I was thinking that it wasn't going to be for kids. You know, I thought they would look for a balance, which I think they're finding quite nicely. Actually, I think it's for kids. It's for us. And I, I would actually argue it's more for us than it is for kids, although Baby Yoda is going to wipe that argument off the planet. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and, we are getting some very, very kind of adult kind of situations. And obviously, like, we haven't gotten to the, the, the scene from the trailer <coughs> where the stormtroopers' heads are on the spikes. You sure. know, it's like that kind of stuff that— But, like, I, we did see the, like, like, um, the character get cut in half. Yeah, it was reference. I mean, you you know exactly. You're not seeing it right. actually happen, but you see, you know, and you see that's what get, it is. You see people get like evaporated. <laughs> yeah, but you still, but you're still not really seeing blood violence. Well, you know, it's my my sister shows the kids and uh, loves the Mandalorian, and she's a very casual uh, Star Wars fan. But she's showing the kids that are seven and up, so. That you could take that as however you want. That seven years old and up, my nephews and nieces are watching this thing and they're digging it. And I think that has a lot to do with Baby Yoda for sure. But I do think that this knew exactly what it was going for in that they were targeting us, like specifically targeting us with the feel yeah. of the original trilogy, hitting all the quadrants. Hitting everything, hitting the you know families and kids and Baby Yoda, obviously. But we're getting – like my fiancé and my sister need Baby Yoda in their life. Yeah, me like, too. They need, I need Baby, Yoda, Baby in Yoda in their life. They want the plushies, the pops, the shirts, the everything. Me, I don't need the, the shirts or anything. I need the real Baby Yoda in my life. I want, the, I want to walk and do an adventure with him. That's I want to be the Mandalorian walking through that restaurant that they get to right when they get – and land on the planet to check things out, and he finally goes, oh, okay, and Baby Yoda accompanies him. I just was like, I want that. Yeah, That was so beautiful, that scene. So, <laughs> it's, amazing. it's amazing. So we can talk about Baby Yoda forever, but what did yeah. you think of um, Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune, coming in, the shock, ex-shock trooper for the re- rebellion? How did you like her character finally being a part of episode four? I thought she was good. Yeah. Um, I thought that you know she's incredibly uh, believable mm-hmm. as a as a warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought she did a good job. I um, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, of the little just like in Star Trek Insurrection, the little love interest between uh, the Mandalorian and the uh, villager. Yeah, like the widow. Yeah, yeah, the widow that he wants to leave Baby Yoda with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, 
the two villagers that played the same two villagers that you get in um, not game of not not Seven Samurai, but in uh, um, um, the um, oh god, what's that other Kurosawa movie? The Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, so in the Hidden Fortress, you have these two characters that are identical to R two D two and C three PO. So it, it's cool to see the original sort of DNA inspiration mm-hmm. re-inspiring content today. Right. I think that that's an interesting take on it. Um, I just think that, you know, just like Walt Disney used to say, you know, it's always about giving it the plus up, you know, like mm-hmm. how do we do this plus, you right. know? It's actually a very famous Walt Disney saying that is actually why they called the service Disney Plus. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, oh, it's actually based on a Walt Disney like um, cliche, you know, he always used to like it was one of his management speaks when somebody would bring him something. They were like, oh, OK, this is a cool idea. But how would, how do we plus it up? So plus. how do we make it new and fresh? Yes. And put it under the Disney banner, right. put it under the Disney kind so, of. So it's like it's like, you know, it's like, you know, the whole thing with Goodfellas, right? Like, here's Goodfellas. How do we how do we do Goodfellas plus? Mm-hmm. Right. Scorsese with the Irishman. Like, how do I plus up? Yeah. What we did before. Okay. Um, and look, we think about that too, right? You know, mm-hmm. like even yeah. with the deep fake videos, it's like, what's next? Well, <laughs> what what can we, you know, there's all this stuff out there. What can we plus it up with deep fake to make it a little bit more interesting? Right, right. Um, and and uh, by the way, total tangent, but everybody who's listening, please send us at Collider Video your favorite Baby Yoda memes. Oh, I like this. Okay, we're doing a we're doing a Baby Yoda meme uh, video. Meme down. Uh, we're doing a meme down, mm-hmm. and um, please send us all your favorite Baby Yoda memes. But anyway, I thought that this episode was okay. I didn't think it was great. Okay, I want to be honest. With you. I didn't think it was great. Yeah, I uh, I watched it twice. The first viewing, um, I I thought it was fine. I I really enjoyed um, Gina Carano's character. Yeah. I enjoyed. All the acting, all the effects and everything. My problem had more to do with plot. And so we know now that time, it's kind of finished the recap. We have those marauders that are kind of take advantage of the village. Carano yeah. uh, characters, Cara Dune and the Mando work together, teach the village to kind of fight back. They fight back. They take out the ATST, which I loved. I thought it was a nice yeah, kind of touch. Cool, that cool they, action scene. Yep, they got a hold of an ATST and they're using it. And I loved that they, they kind of did a Jaws thing at the beginning of the episode, where you didn't know exactly what it is. You thought it was a big monster in the in the forest, right, right. and that reveal happens. And then the end of the episode, we get another bounty hunter knows they're there, finds Baby Yoda, and it's not safe to be there anymore. Mando looks at the shock trooper, says, "Hey." Why don't you come with me? She's like, no, I, you know, I'm not really into that kind of thing, but I think she's going to come back. So it ends. Here's what I think. I felt like we were treading water for a little bit for the plot. I felt like we were yeah. taking a little tiny break from the through line of the yeah. series. And I think it's important to build that character, to build more interaction with Mando and Baby Yoda, that yeah. he cares for this, that he's meeting some allies. We got that with Cara Dune. But I couldn't help but think that – we just kind of hit a pause button, and I'm like, we, we like, who's a after him? A little we, bit of a filler episode. A little bit of a filler episode. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I wanted to know, like, yes, we got that people are hunting for them, and I knew that from the end of this episode. But I was – I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting more of the galaxy or more of whoever it is that Vena Hezak's character, who he's sending uh. after them, who's after him. The remnants of the Imperials, the, obviously the Bounty Hunter Guild, all these people are after him, and he found some safety here, and I get that. 
But I just thought we would get more. I thought more story would be there rather than this was a detour rather than a straight shoot to the next episode. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm almost – look, this is kind of rare on this show, but I'm almost exactly with you. Oh, my God. We did it. Yeah, I'm exactly with you. 69 episodes and here we are. Look, it was cool and we were just actually rewatching it now to have it fresh in our mind. And it plays nice, you know. But again, I'll go back to the biggest breakthrough that Star Wars has had in in, 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 in 30 years. It's like Baby Yoda, no matter what happens, Baby Yoda can overcome everything. Mm-hmm. Okay? Baby Yoda is the one. Yeah. It's, it's just unbelievable how warm I feel and how happy I feel with almost every single choice. That they've made around Baby Yoda, yeah. To me, it, it's it's like utter perfection. Mm-hmm. You know what Same. I mean? And, yeah. and I don't know if it's just like their ultimate checkmate. Like, if you don't have look, like I can see you not loving the directing or the action, or maybe you were thinking it was going to be a little bit old school, or you know, like there's no Sith and no Jedi, and like you don't like Luke throwing a thing over. Like I can see people being on sides of fences on that. Mm-hmm. How – if you don't like Baby Yoda, you have no heart. You have no soul. Right. Because right, – well, you bring up something interesting because I really felt like the stakes for that storyline weren't really there because Baby Yoda kind of took a back seat to them figuring out these marauders, right? It wasn't until the bounty hunter got Baby Yoda in the crosshairs, literally in the crosshairs, where I was like <gasps> – where I felt the right. stakes finally. Right. It feels like almost everything else that's happening in the show mm-hmm. has been so upstaged, mm. okay, that for it to match the quality and the level of interest that the world has now, right. the Star Wars like fan base has around Baby Yoda, has to be so friggin' good that like – you're almost like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Just give me more Baby Yoda. Give me more Baby Yoda. Well, yeah, and I think it's for me, it's also the Mandalorian and that relationship. Yeah. So it's like they're now one for me, meaning they're, I know they're two characters, but they but they need to exist together for me to care as yeah. much as I do. Yeah, and it's, I do care, and I just it's like already the chat is given uh, given a little pushback. It's just the way we landed with this episode. I freaking love this thing, but when it comes to just. How it landed with me, I was like, okay. Yeah. I like – like there was more stakes for me involved with the bigger story. And this, because of the seven samurai references, I knew where this story was going. I was like, okay. They're going to teach the, the villagers how to yeah. fight back. Yeah, it was they're going to take out – You're right. You're right. They're going to take out this thing. They're going to feel good about themselves. And then what with Baby Yoda? Like that's where I was at right. with this episode. Then what? Yeah. What Are you going to leave – like the only thing I cared about, the only choice – we always talk about choice, right? Yeah. In screenwriting, that's the most important thing, scenes with choices. <laughs> the choice of leaving Baby Yoda back on the planet – yeah, that yeah, gave me a heart attack. Yeah, it's like, what, what, what you're going to leave Baby Yoda? Yeah, that, but I understood, and that's what I did like about this episode. I like that he's thinking oh, that absolutely. way. Oh, absolutely. Because it made a lot of sense in story. And then finally, when that, with that other bounty hunter there trying to take out Baby Yoda, I'm like, see, that's my, the question I had the entire time. It's like, how many, like, who's after them? And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't believe personally that it, they would even last that long on that planet. You know, helping these these people and, and God bless you for helping them. But for me, I was immediately like, who is after them? Right. Like, when are we getting there? That was the main thought. And like, why? Why did they? Why do they want him dead in the first place? 
Exactly. Or, or, I'm sorry, not dead, but why do they want well, that's to the clone him? Question. Yes, right. either clone him, want him dead. What, what, what is the deal with that? All those questions around there, for me, they put Baby Yoda in the corner. Yeah. In for, for, <laughs> yeah nobody puts Baby in the corner. <laughs> yeah. What do we learn in yeah. Dirty ba- Dancing? Baby Yoda is unbelievable. So Baby unbelievable. Yoda just took a little bit of a backseat, and I liked the action, though. I did dig the action in Cara Dune taking out you know, the yeah, ATSD. Yeah, the all right. You know, and uh, it, it, that was fun. But again, that's just the way it landed with me. Upon a second viewing, it was a lot better of an episode for me. I agree. The second viewing was better than the first. So I'm very excited to see what happens next because now it's like – now – and I know what this is doing. Yeah. This episode gave us the stakes that no, no, no. There's no safe place for you. Right. That's what this d- did for yeah, me. Yeah, that's a good you point. You find the planet. It looks pretty – off the beaten path. There's some peaceful people there except for the marauders in the forest. Take care, care of them. Right. And then it's like, oh, we can settle down yeah. here. And I dug everything that had to do. The Mandalorian mythology that they're uncovering each episode is fascinating to me. Yeah. That's why I loved episode three a lot more than this episode. But I did dig the fact that he's like, I, I will never take it off because if I do – I can't put it back on. So that stuff is interesting to me. The idea of him – Giving up this life and settling down with this, what widow from the from the like the she reminded me of the old widow from those westerns that was like you know takes up a gun to you know right she's the only one that knows how to shoot she's the only one that knows to shoot because I know that got a you know ruffled a lot of feathers out there and I was like come on it's it's a western trope yeah, um, yeah it's a it's a total trope same and thing I, same thing in the samurai films and like yeah, exactly you know um, and I know Roka's been out there on Twitter having the fight about ooh, samurai, he got, ooh, he t- samurai versus uh, he versus stirred western. it up out there and it's like it's like they're the same you know they're basically the same thing bro. They, they really are. It's the same thing. And for and me, yeah, it's just, one inspired the other. The other one inspired the other one too. And Star Wars is it's it was born out of George Lucas's love for the old serial Flash Gordon, obviously, and Kurosawa, and Kurosawa. Yeah, and then I love the that hidden fortress very specifically. The hidden right. fortress, exactly. So there's Star Wars is always going to pull a lot of yeah. kind of inspiration from different mediums and different. Yeah. Uh, text stuff. So and, uh, I, I, I always enjoy that. I believe that George Lucas uh, – so for, for all you guys that are a little bit younger than Mark and I, which is probably like a lot of you, um, if um, if you want to really dig into some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, I got very lucky that I, I, I saw almost all his movies when I was at NYU uh, when I was in college. Um, and – it's the films of Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to treat yourself to some grade A filmmaking that is literally almost impossible to critique because the entire time you're just looking at it and, and you feel like it's this divine figure kind of reading you these like fairy tales. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just absolutely gorgeous stuff. Um, and The Hidden Fortress specifically is the movie that George Lucas credits – the most with the characters in Star Wars, right. specifically R2-D2 and C-3PO right. and Han Solo. Yep. Um, and Toshiro Mifune, I'm probably saying that name right, uh, wrong, but he plays the character that is like Han Solo. Mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely check out those movies. And also, as George Lucas, this is what, another reason I love Lucas, kind of paying it back. Mm. Okay, Lucas was such a fan of Akira Kurosawa yeah. that he actually financed one of his movies. 
towards the end of his that. career. Yeah. yeah. And right now, because I'm just doing this all, all off the top of my head, I'm not sure if it's Kagemusha or a movie called Ran. I think it's Ran. Mm. I think it's Ran. I'm like 90% sure it was Ran, which is an incredible, incredible samurai film. Super epic in scale, and George Lucas actually funded it uh, for Akira that. Kurosawa. But uh, anyway, I just went off on a whole little rant there. But no, teach, give that teaching because yeah. I, I, I love that. I did the same thing at USC. I got to watch all the Kurosawa films in, it, yeah. in a class taught by Drew Casper. Nice. He's still Shout around out. to Shout this day. Shout out to Drew. Yeah, it's still around today. So, it, it, And you see these influences in here, and especially with this. Even though the, this is my least favorite episode, I understood why the filmmakers, Filoni, Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard, who I thought did a ph- phenomenal job directing this. I understand why they put it in there because in movies, sometimes you need that kind of breath. And especially after episode three where the Mandalorian's flying, he's on the run, he, do, he, makes, he makes the call, the decision. Mm. I'm taking Baby Yoda back and I'm going to help him out and I'm going to fly out of there. That's a moment where you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you need the – Okay. Yeah. Just like the Mando was doing, I got to take a take okay. a breather. That that shot where the, where the sniper had him in his sights, man, got me. And like little baby Yoda's just like staring. <laughs> I thought I thought baby Yoda is gonna like do some force. I shit. thought I thought so too. I thought baby Yoda sensed it. And that's the other thing. And he did sense it. I think he did. I think he. Uh, God, baby Yoda's so fucking cute. <laughs> <laughs> baby Yoda is. That's the thing that was brilliant that I keep that you keep mentioning. But the idea of bringing Baby Yoda into this is automatically getting everybody to love this because you immediately want to protect Baby Yoda, which is what the Mandalorian yeah. is doing, which is why I think we're so invested in it. And that's for me my biggest gripe. Baby Yoda was in the corner for half of that episode, <laughs> and I was like, "Are these marauders kind of, coming?" When he's like, playing with the kids, yeah. I mean, just everything with Baby Yoda. It's almost like. I don't know, man. The the rest of the episodes are going to have – they have a lot to compete with. Well, that's – so let's get into that because yeah. we're about 37 minutes into the, the yeah. show. We want to take some, some of your calls, guys, and then we'll take your uh, super chats at the very end. Where is this going? So, someone in the chat is saying Kagamusha. Um, Kagamusha he funded. It's Kagamusha he funded. Are you okay. sure about that? Tasty Waffle is usually pretty uh, – Tasty Waffle is pretty tasty, good about that. Tasty yeah. Waffle has always been a very, very good uh, chat chat guy, so yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, T- Tasty Waffle is kind of like our unofficial fact checker, right. and, we, and we love you for it, Waffle. Thank you, bud. Bruce Crawford, of course. I would F and die for Baby Yoda as well. I'm reading these comments right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Kagemusha – I believe Kagemusha is the one – about um, the the king who dies, and they find a king who looks just like him yeah. to like replace him. It's actually very interesting uh, uh, storyline. Ran is the one that's built based on uh, Hamlet, I believe. But okay. anyway, guys, um, watch Kurosawa, and you should figure out which one George Lucas funded. Uh, if it's Ran or Kagamusha, because F- Lucas didn't fund very many things. Right. And if you're a Lucas head, if you're a Star Wars fan, I think you owe it to the man to watch all of the stuff that he was involved with to a certain degree. And I'm being completely hypocritical because I have not seen the Clone Wars uh, animated feature film yet, yeah. even though I saw the first 15 minutes. It's fine. But the one that he funded for uh, Kurosawa. Anyway, that's my last Kurosawa plug. Okay. Well, hey, let, let, let's hear for the chat who uh, knew where you're going with this and corrected you. So we got some good film uh, So it is Kagamusha. 
That, that's what they're saying. I don't know. It's one tasty waffle saying it. See, now somebody's saying it's Ran. It's either Kagemusha or Ran. It's one of those two. Somebody fact check it. George Lucas funded Kurosawa. Let me see. I got what, uh, Akira Kurosawa. I, it's too long. I'm going to take yeah. away from the show looking yeah. for this. So, guys, anyway. look in the. Thank you for that in the chat. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's. Why don't we? Uh, do you want to open up some calls for this? Let's because open uh, let's open it up. You can. Uh, well, we got looks like in. we got a call right one now. In there. Hey, you're on Ruler Two. What's your name? What's your question? Hey guys, this is uh, Jake from Diamond Bar. Hey Jake, how are you doing? What's up, Jake? Pretty good, pretty good. No, I totally agree with you guys. I felt this episode was um, more just kind of slower paced than all the others. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. But yeah, definitely on my my bottom. Of the, of the past three, yeah, same here. I enjoyed it too. Yeah, and we're not saying we didn't enjoy it. I yeah. think it just we felt something, and I think look, I think maybe it's... maybe it is just putting the you know taking the 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 breath as yeah. it were. I guess my only beef with all this, uh, Jake. I'm sorry, is that your name, Jake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my only beef with all this, Jake, is that I think it's okay to critique Star Wars. We gotta get we gotta get away from the like I call it the gatekeeping like you can't have this and and, yeah. and also on the the other end of the spectrum is like oh you're a shill you like it no like, it's come like on. we love Star Wars we that's already Wars. a given Jake and we're doing a freaking podcast about it like uh-huh. every Monday at five p.m. exactly we love Star Wars so we have our thoughts but Jake <sighs> where do you see this episode you felt you, you landed with us kind of on on the episode itself where do you see the ep- what's next episode for you what do you want to see. Um, you know, I just want to see yeah, more of Mandalorian and Baby Baby Yoda interacting together. Yeah, yeah. give it to um, me all day. That was my favorite part of the whole series. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the call, Jack. I really yeah, thank appreciate you for the it, call, buddy. Um, I'm with you. I think for next episode, we're probably going to finally Giancarlo Esposito's character has been touted very much in the where, in the marketing. I think he's, he's coming. coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's, he's got coming. some death troopers with him. Yeah. Okay. That's what's interesting. That's where I was like, well, he's got to show up now, right? Because something is tied to the remnants of the Empire with this creature. Yeah. And they want this MFR. So I think that we're going to see now almost it feels like we, we must be on a, a, like, like a roller coaster in hell. We're going to be going – to the conclusion of whatever this is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude, we should be at least. And like you have to understand that um, – so Thanksgiving came around, OK? Then it was Friday, all right? Then um, I'm going to watch it on my projector. So so I wanted it to be as dark as possible, even though my projector is pretty good in the daytime. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be as dark as possible. Yeah, man. OK? And look, I'll be honest with you guys. OK, weed is legal in California. Sure all is. Right? Mm. And I hit a little duber. Okay, and I know people get mad at me for saying that sometimes, but I hit a little duber, turned off the lights, put the projector on the like on its best settings, and I'm watching this thing and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Okay, and every time Baby Yoda's on the screen, I'm thinking to myself, this is the most amazing Star Wars overdose you can ever have. I mean, he's everything about Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. He's funny. He's cute. He communicates without words. Um, so, so, so that means he's operating on a higher level of of storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously pure goodness, mm-hmm. right? There's obviously not a bad bone in his body. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a naive kind of natural wisdom to this little entity that's just indescribable. I mean, like 
It's a huge risk. You got to remember that that George Lucas never, ever, ever, ever allowed people to use this creature, this species, mm-hmm. in any of the work that he would license out. Like you, you couldn't, you couldn't expand on the story. There's only it's only happened a few times in in Knights of the Old Republic in Kotor. Mm-hmm. You're actually trained by a Yoda species that's not Yoda. Oh, right. That's not Yaddle or mm-hmm. Yaddle? Yaddle. Yaddle. Mm-hmm. It's not the other one. There's another one called Yinch or something like that. I forget the other one. There's three in canon. Well, he almost called him Minch Yoda. That was his original name for the creation of the. Oh, okay, because I think there is wise. a character called Minch. Or See, Yinch. I remember he called him Minch. Yeah, he was, it was Minch Yoda at one point for the Empire Strikes Back, Strikes Back version, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, so so he's he's protected this character or this species extremely tightly. Mm-hmm. He allowed Kotor, and I think it shows up in some other like EU stuff. Where I believe there's one that's even kind of like a gray Jedi type of thing that's like not good or bad, kind of in the middle. Um, But man, so it's a risky move. And it's one that could have fallen flat, okay? Like throwing a lightsaber over your shoulder for me. It was a risky move. I'll give you credit for that. For me, it fell flat. This thing about giving us a true new hope. In this beautiful little tiny, perfect little creature that looks like Yoda, it's just like it makes me want to fucking die, dude. There's something to be it, said about there. There are certain feelings we have, like with Jaws, you're tapping into the primal nature of what scares you underneath the ocean, what you can't see, right? And with Baby Yoda, I think it's a very similar thing, but that primal nature is to protect yeah. at all cost. You see a child, you see a baby, you see a puppy, a cat. Your instinct, unless you're yeah. is to protect, right? And that's what this is. Baby Yoda shows up. Everybody watching at home is, you have to protect that, right? And that's what this is, and I think it plays beautifully. So yeah. there's a great call. If we have any others, we do have another. Yeah. It's You're on Rula 2. What's your name? What's your question? Yeah, this is uh, Johnny Graber. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Mr. Riley. Hey, good to hear from you. How are you? Good. I am, I'm the uh, small little blonde guy uh, at the hotel bar at Celebration. That's right. Hey, good what's to, up? What's yeah, up, Johnny? Good, good guy. Bought us so many drinks oh, at Celebration. Oh, so okay. Good, good to have you on the good. line. What is your question today? I may have had one or two already. Look, yeah, I, good. I two, two quick things. Uh, well, when, uh, when Yoda meets Luke in Empire, he plays, for the lack of a better term, the fool. Yeah. What if Baby Yoda, being 50 years old, can communicate and talk and is just kind of feeling out the Mandalorian because he's only been with him for, what, a week or so? Sure. Totally viable. I was thinking about – I was actually thinking the same exact thing. You, you know, it's a great call. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. And thank you for all those drinks back at Celebrations in April. <laughs> that was it's a lot a of fun. It's a very viable point of view. This is interesting too because I can buy that 100 percent with that opening scene when they're flying in space. Baby Yoda knows exactly what he's doing, at least in that moment. He knows he's effing with Mando. He's like, don't touch those. And he goes, yeah, it's amazing. Bing, and turns it on, and it's hysterical because I saw all the character of a child, so to speak. And I know everybody in the chat, I see it. 
Yes, he's 50 years old right now, but these species age differently. Yeah, and may, but he's we testing them. He's definitely he's testing, testing them. He's, he's very intelligent. We know that. Uh, I'm also seeing, uh, I believe, Thrawn, you put it out there, that in Legends there were five or six of Yoda's species. In canon, there are only Yoda, Yaddle, and the Asset, the child. So we have three right now, canon-wise. Thank you, Thrawn. Uh, so, so there's I, only three in canon. In canon. See, I thought there was three in canon before the asset. Yeah. Th- this is uh, – I'm going off yeah, of Thrawn2k5. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's uh, who's, who's an awesome guy. One, one of our fact checkers. Yeah, man. Fact checkers. One of our Collider Live boys. Uh, thank you for that, Thrawn. I believe that that's three and that's all we have. So it will be interesting to see what and how it fits into next episode. And I'm wondering when Baby Yoda might just unleash the force. On some of these people coming after him, that's what I think we're. I think we're building to that, like 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 a like a real show of power, real show of power. I think it's going to happen. You mark my words. I feel like we are getting to a point where the Mando and his allies are going to be completely overwhelmed, much like it, it happened with the Mudhorn, and he stopped it. But I think Baby Yoda is going to do an awesome show of power to kind of show just how much force sensitive sensitivity. Mandalorians, uh, however, whatever they call it, but I think that we're going to get a really good showing of the force. Yeah, from look, this and thing. I'm here for it. I'm here. I'm for all it. here for it. So, we have another call. Hey, you're on Ruler Two. What's your name? What's your question? Hey, this is Nathan from Houston, Texas. Hey, Nathan from Houston, Texas. How are you? What's, What's your up, question? Man? Congrats on that win against the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Sean Watson. Heck yeah, yeah. Brady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hells yeah. Um, uh, my question is: Do you guys think, or the, or my theory is, do you think that the person that saved the Mandalorian, or his name is Din Djarin, um, do you believe, or do you think that the person that saved him was Ahsoka Tano or Sabine, who's also a Mandalorian? Hold on, when? What? I'm sorry. Give me more. This is uh, for the flashback scenes of the Mandalorian actually being saved. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we yeah. did see, you know, we did have like a, a Clone Wars droid, like you know, kind of put him in target, and then he. Which I every time he goes to fashion his armor, and they're doing that with all the, the you know the yeah. heat and the metal and, and the everything, it kind of gets the flashbacks going with him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to connect a character from canon that we've seen in other mediums, whether it's from the movies, the or the uh, series like Ahsoka. Um, so it's a good question. I, I I don't know. I think I think actually, first of all, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Sabine saving him when he was younger, since she is a Mandalorian as well. But then the time, the time frame between that doesn't add up, since she's a lot younger when Rebel started. Right, um, right. But I do think Ahsoka maybe could have saved him, and I also think at the end of season one, maybe we might see Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka, being given the young Yoda. That is okay. I started to go there. Great call. Thank you very much for calling yeah, in. I got to call. talk about that. I go for wonder. Go for it just clicked in with me. We got Filoni and Fabro here who are very aware of fans, very aware of theories. They connect everything very beautifully in canon. I wonder if Ahsoka Tano could be showing up and that was Dave Filoni's kind of purpose. One of the main things they wanted to do with Mandalorian would be maybe to introduce a live action Ahsoka. However, that is a big – Can you, can you – that's a big fan service moment. I'm not saying it's wrong to, yeah. to use fan service, but that would be absolutely – that would break the internet. You talk about Baby Yoda entering the picture here. If Ahsoka Tano live action 
walks in at the end of Mandalorian and says, I was the one who saved you, I think the internet would blow up on it. And I, I could see it happening. I would love to see it happen. But I don't know yet as far as story. What if, what if in Rise of Skywalker, Baby Yoda somehow shows up as adult Yoda? Well, not adult. I mean it would only but, be, what, 40 more years? Yeah, it would be about 40 years. So he's not 900 years old like Yoda was. So he would be about 100 years old when so he'd, he'd show like up and rise. So he, I guess is that a t- in teenage years or is he fully matured? Unless See, we're getting where... set up for the worst thing that could ever happen, which is that baby Yoda is not going to make it. See, that's where I was going, man. Uh, you don't think he's going to make it, right? I was going there. Why? Because – Where's Baby Yoda and all this Rise of Skywalker new sequel trilogy? I mean, they could do it. Those people don't know what the hell's going on either. Well, you know, we got J.J. Abrams back, so I'm getting, am I going to have to get defensive here? I'm going to get defensive here. It's all good. It's we all don't good. know. They don't know what they're doing yet until we see the rise of right. fucking Skywalker. Which is in two weeks, right? It's in two weeks. That's right. We're going to get all the answers. And all of you out there yelling and screaming about the movies, you can finally watch your movie and either like it or leave. It doesn't matter. There's no in-between. If you don't like it, then fine. See ya. Let me enjoy it. Yes. Oh, yes. my God. I want to do a little we'll tiny on, rant oh, we there. Got a, we got a call. We got a caller we got a call here on ruler two what's your name what's your question hi it's chris from torrance hey chris from torrance and how are you today what's your question i'm good thanks for asking uh two quick things and a quick question okay um one i've been loving the mandalorian so far i have had very little complaints and i've enjoyed episode four maybe not the best but still good episode okay great and actually actually i rewatched the prequels recently nice uh, being someone who was kind of on the fence on them and going back i surprised how much i enjoyed them (laughs) there was a lot there that i didn't recognize when i watched when it first came out that i'm like these are really good actually there's a lot of Great yeah. things here. Look, and Star Wars has that magic to it. I mean, I even tried rewatching, like I said, The Last Jedi like a few weeks ago. We talked about it on the show. Yeah. And and I was reminded about how much I actually enjoy the scenes with Kylo and Rey in it. You know, like sure. I, le- I legit enjoy those scenes. Like I'm like, wow, this is really, really cool. And I and I rewatched a little bit of the end again recently because I loved Knives Out. I thought Knives Out was excellent. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. And, and um, you know, to try to find a little bit of that charm in there. So I totally hear you. Star Wars is good like that. You can go back to things and look at them with different eyes relative to where you are psychologically. You know? Yeah, I've been saying it for years now. Doing the Star Wars stuff, I didn't. The prequels didn't land with me when I first saw them. They've only come around for me and I appreciate them so much more now because of the story and how deep it, it like I see it go and all this the, the new, when the sequel trilogy was announced I went back and immediately watched all the films sure because I just got excited that's and, what I'm doing right now yeah actually. and, it, and yeah. it's funny because I've been wanting more prequel love in the sequels yeah you should try that Josh Robert Thompson trick um, of watching uh, at least parts of it in, in, in high contrast black and white uh, especially with the prequels, fun. Yeah. It gives it a really interesting uh, look of, of, I think the uh, the intention of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, man, thank you very much for your call, buddy. Oh yeah, we let him go. So that was I was like waiting for something more. Yeah, thank you for that call. Uh, I'm glad people go back, and and I hope I hope to God it happens with these sequels. Yeah, I really do. I hope that years from now people will go back, and you don't have to like the Last Jedi twenty years from now. But I really hope coming back that there's some love given to him because whether you want to believe it or not, these sequel trilogy movies 
are people's very first introduction to Star Wars. Yeah. So look, um, we we're, we're starting to run out of time. Yeah. We want to get to your super chat questions. So if there's another call, we'll take it, but we'll, we'll only take one more. Um, and if not, oh, oh, we got, there it is. We'll take one more call, and then after this call, we will take your super chat questions. Cody, you can cue that up. But as of now, you're on Rule of Two. What's your question? Hey, so my question is more so for the future of the Mandalorian. Mm. I think that not only I think it makes sense for Bo-Katan to show up because she's alive. Yeah, but I think especially after Episode Three, when you see the Mandalorians kind of helping them out and standing for something. I think the future of the show could be the Mandalorian referring to them as a people, not just him. I'd love that. I'd love – okay. So Bo-Katan um, was uh, you know, introduced in the Clone Wars and I think that – I think we're going to get a lot of those – I think we're going to get characters from those Clone Wars, those Mandalorians appearing well, in this I mean, somewhere. You, you know who the main Star Trek... Uh, Star, Star with Jesus. I'm going to get oh, killed boy. for that. Yeah, you're going to get killed. <laughs> I'm going to get killed for that. Oh, shit. But sorry sorry oh, about God. that. Oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, crap. Sorry about that, caller. <laughs> but the uh, the main Star Wars character in Clone Wars that interacts with the Mandalorians is Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. So I've heard a lot of yeah. little chatter out there. Is it possible that... I mean, look, oh. like, you know, going Baby Yoda was a gigantic risk. What's the only risk that's bigger than that? It's actually bringing one of the canon pillars into the Mandalorian for some kind of appearance. And what a better way to dovetail one show into the other than to give you a little Obi-Wan Kenobi action in the final and talk about leaving Baby Yoda with somebody. You're talking about leaving Baby Yoda with Force Ghost Obi-Wan. Oh, because he's already yeah. He's, Obi Wan oh, be dead. Long gone, long but, gone. But hey, man, long gone. No, no, no. I was it, with you. Yeah. Force goes Obi Wan. No, no, no. You're right. It's totally total crap. Total it could crap. work. It's though. just the aesthetic of the show reminds me so much of Clone Wars. Yeah. That I keep putting it as the sequel to Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and I keep forgetting that it's actually after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking of it in between Sith and New Hope. I think it's because they've they've put all of their stories there. Yeah, every single You're Star right. Wars right. spinoff, right. if you think about it, has been set between th- Sith yeah. and New Hope. I'm so sorry, Caller, are you still we're there? This. Yes, I am. So, so uh, I'm sorry. Close out your point there. I think we cut you off there at the end. Oh no! So just the because I think it's such a huge moment for them as a people to mm-hmm. stand for something specific. I think the show could almost see them coming together, and I think the Mandalorian can refer to a people, not just a person. Right, And I right. think we'll see a lot more main characters within the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's cool to see, you know, John Favreau's voice real quick. Right. But I, I don't think he's going to be the only guy we follow for as often as we do come let, season two, season three. Let me so ask you a question. Let me, yeah, ask you, let me ask you a question. What do you oh, think happens with Baby Yoda this season? How does Baby Yoda's story end this season? Not in the whole context of the show. It's already been renewed for a second season. We already know that. What happens to Baby Yoda this season in your eyes? So the, I, I, that actually plays into my, my kind of Bo-Katan theory. I think that as the word spreads that, you know, there's this Mandalorian trying to do some good, I think that's what inspires the Mandalorians as a people to kind of corral around him. And so I think his journey at the end of this season kind of continues where he is now, only now he's protected by a people. Mm. Okay, so you think he... I I have a big theory that a baby Yoda head is going to end up being his signet. Ooh, that's that's interesting. I like that. 
big Yoda head on his shoulder. That's interesting because he does uh, have the thing about the signet. He was going to use um, the you know the tusked uh, the horn figure, but then he says he can't because he was helped in combat by somebody by an enemy. He refers right. to him as an enemy. And it is little baby Yoda. That's a great theory, man. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you for that call. I love that. Uh, There's so many possibilities for this on how it's going to wrap up, how we're going to see the season one finale, how it's going to set up season two, which has been announced. So, but I think a lot, I think you're going to see some characters from Clone Wars, especially Mandalorians appear in this series sooner or later. Yeah, we're going to yeah. get some crossover. I just don't know when that is or how. And that's why I was like, get there. I was this little side adventure. I was like, okay, cool. But I, I want to get to more. Yeah, you know, it's also interesting because um, that whole idea of the, uh, like the fact the show takes place after Return of the Jedi and not mm-hmm. after Revenge of the Sith, um, there hasn't really been anything in the show Outside of what I loved with Werner Herzog and the sort of like a defunct uh, the uh, remnants of the, the remnants of the troopers that are around him with like dirty, uh, you know, uh, um, armor and stuff yeah. like that. There hasn't really been a lot to contextualize it that's, into post-Empire. Right. That's why I wanted more. That's why I keep wanting more. But that's a good thing. That's actually yeah. – that, guess what? Disney Plus, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, you've been doing exactly what you wanted to do. You get me wanting more. Everybody wants more. Everybody wants more. What's Everybody happening wants in the next more. episode? Look, and we'll get there. The we'll show, get there. Rule of Two, is about having debate about Star Wars. Yep. It is about critiquing Star Wars. It's something it's that we gonna love. Be that. We're going to go down those rabbit holes that inevitably lead to critiques and yes. what I liked and what you liked and what I didn't like and what you didn't like. So with that, why don't we take your super chat questions yeah. as we wrap up this episode? We'll Cody end Hall. it strong. We'll end it strong. But be, before we go there, mm. should we give it a rating or something? So look, uh, two things, housekeeping. So we are only doing this review because uh, the episode fell in the in the Thanksgiving holidays. Yep. And Ken and, and company were not able to do the review. Yep. Everybody was out of town. So the, the Mandalorian reviews are being done by Ken and Co., so you guys don't have to worry about Riley and I getting into a debate about the next episode. Right. You can tune in on Friday to watch Ken Knapsack and company review the show the way that you guys all love. Yeah. Uh, we're doing it this week because we have to. We we wanted to get it out there. We wanted to get it out there. And so. you guys do uh, join us here every Monday yeah. at 5 p.m. PST for a live show on Collider Video. My score is 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Yeah. 8 so out doing, of 10. We're, we're doing out of 10? Yeah. Give me another eight out of ten equivalent, just so I can see what like how good. Your I would eight put is. I would put the first episode at an at an eight out of ten as well, which was my okay. least favorite, and I would put a ten out of ten for three, okay, and a nine out of ten for the second episode, okay, okay. So I've loved them that much. Th- the third one was perfection for you. Third one was perfection for me. Yeah, okay. I would say absolutely. All right, fair enough. Fair I freaking loved it. So based on based on ten out of ten being perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give this episode, I'd say a six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. All right. So better than like I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. You know, I, like there was a few moments in it where, like you said, I saw it coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. And when you can predict everything happening, it becomes less interesting. Yeah. Because you know your mind is no longer creating new nodes, new pathways in between thoughts. Okay. It's thoughts that you've had before, but. It reinforced in my mind how powerful Baby Yoda really is yeah. as a cultural icon. I love it. Yeah. I, I, and I'm seeing your scores in here. I see a 6.5. I see a 7, a 7.3. 
I see a 6.5, an 8, an 8.5. That's great. Thank you for joining us here on Rula 2 on a Monday. Uh, Cody Hall, what do we got as far as Super Chat? All right. We got about six questions. First okay. one's a quick one. Uh, Ryan C. just wants us to bring back Captain Learning. Okay, yes. Moving on. <laughs> I saw that. I wanted to talk about it. Thank you, Captain Learning. Yeah, yeah. So, so for those folks that don't know, Captain Learning was created by Josh McCuga, uh, Mark Riley, and Ken Napsok. Mm. And it was something that we did maybe two, two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, I yeah. loved it. I absolutely. I know loved you it. did. Out I of all the, you know, the, my boss sitting across the table here loved it. Yeah, I loved we, it. I thought it was. We great. did. We all loved it. Audience, not so much. Yeah, the audience hated all over it. But yeah, except for this wonderful super chat patron here who sent <laughs> right. us that. But there is there is some love for for uh, yeah. Maybe one day we will Captain bring Learning. It yeah. All right. All right, up next, Sean Carvalho says, do you guys think we'll find out more about Yoda's species and its history? Yes, absolutely. We have to. I think that's uh, – we we're, we're getting there. We're going to have to. They're asking – there's so many questions. Why is it Force-sensitive? Why do they want with it? I think we're going to learn a lot about it. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if a, if a character from canon, whether it's books or the movies, who knew of Yoda enters into the episode to kind of share that exposition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some, something that knows about Yoda as a Jedi Master. Yeah. Somebody that, – that's the perfect way you in. Gotta, you got to explain the whole species. And look, sooner or later, you're going to have to connect it to Yoda himself. Right. Exactly. So great question. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jaime says, is it possible that baby Yoda ends up with the Skywalkers and they're inspired to open a Jedi Academy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, oh, may you may laugh. You may laugh. There is it a feels thought. Like Cody wrote that question. Just no, to, no, man, I've been thinking the same thing. Yeah. What if the Mandalorian hands it off to one Luke Skywalker? I could see it happening, my friend. There's never going to be a handoff. I idiotically said Obi Wan Kenobi, which obviously can't happen. Well, but maybe I'm it wondering. Is, but maybe uh, Luke you, Skywalker would be the natural choice. If you want to give me a season finale and you want to hype this thing. You mentioned Luke Skywalker. You bring in Mark Hamill and you do some de-aging for that episode in particular right, and you right. hand him off. You just sold and that's, two million more subscriptions. Exactly. I can see it happening. I don't know if they'll go there, but you yeah. know me and my Luke Skywalker. I want him always. Right. So and that, that and could to be me, cool. To me, that's, that's why I'm so obsessed with Baby Yoda. And like, I don't think I've actually done a good job of articulating why. And it's because Baby Yoda for the first time for, since forever – is there something about Star Wars that has legs that are much bigger than what you see on screen? Right. You know, because like right now, like Baby Yoda, I mean, the ramifications of Baby Yoda are just like so difficult to even explain that I'm getting lost in my own thoughts. I'm going to think about this this week and next week, which was going to be today's show, but we did the review instead. Right. Was, you know, how, how cute is Baby or like is Baby Yoda perfect? Yeah. You know, because I think he's tickling perfection. He's tickling perfection. Yeah. All right. What's the next one, Cody? Stephen Thomas says, with the limited episode count and length, do you think the focus of the show is a little meandering at times? I liked episode four, but there's no time for filler. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. It's, it's a good question. Well question. It's the first time I felt it meander, for me yeah. at least, because, again, of everything I said at the beginning of the episode. Baby Yoda was put in the corner. What does that mean for the bigger picture of the story? Who's after him? You know, what, what allies are we getting? And this felt like a detour from that. So I didn't find it any of the episodes meandering. Until this one, it's a good point. I mean, we have short episodes; they seem to be getting longer. So I don't but, know. But we have to remember the ultimate 
uh, brand value of Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is that it's for kids. Yeah. You know, and like George Lucas told me this, and he's told us all this a hundred times, and we never want to believe him. Star Wars is made for 12-year-olds. Right. It's just there's nothing you can really do about it. It's it's a it's it's a first communion. It's a bar mitzvah. It, it's any of these ritualistic rites of passage that are supposed to teach young men and young women how to become adults. Mm-hmm. That's what Star Wars is. It's it's that rite of passage story. So everything up on screen is intended to inform that maturation process from being a, a, like an adolescent to an adult. Right. You know yeah. and when you look at it through that lens and you look at this episode, you can see what purpose it serves in the context of expanding the Star Wars universe. And from that perspective, I really enjoyed the show. Yeah. From my sort of like, you know, old man, you know, like I want to see, gr- you know, gritty, great, compelling stuff that pushes the art of cinema forward. Right. It's, it's not doing that outside of Baby Yoda. Yeah. That's my opinion. I get it. All right, Cody, what's next? Uh, Max Bishop says, felt episode four was the weakest so far. Felt like filler, which is a bummer given that there's only eight episodes. Also found it a bit disconcerting that Werner is only credited with two episodes. Is it possible his story is over? Oh, Ooh, God. I God, didn't know I that. Hope I hope not. I've seen you in the chat here wanting more Werner Herzog. Uh, I want the same. I hope not. I don't think so. I think it might be – a bait and switch that they're not putting it out there um, that certain actors are a part of this because they want the surprise to be there. You can do that. I think Werner Herzog is too important of a character that so they introduced. Good. He's so good. So if he's not in the rest of the season, I think he'll definitely be back for season two. But um, yeah, for everything that you mentioned about you know the filler, a little meandering, I see it in the chat. You know that's they they were building something. We were taking a breather. Now let's get to next episode because I know it's going to be more. Man, I don't even want to think about a world that exists where Werner Herzog isn't coming back for another episode. There's no way that's happening. I agree. I think he's coming yeah, back yeah, there's no for way sure. Cody, is that all? Uh, we got one more. From one more. Trev who says, does Boba Fett show up and if so, how? Boba Fett I think shows up. You do? Yeah, I think I he's going to show so. up. I yeah. think Boba Fett's cooked. How? I have no idea. But I can see him having – Jumped out of the Sarlacc somehow. I think he has a new outfit possibly, and I think that he probably is a bounty hunter still, and the Mando's going to run across him. And I think probably Boba Fett has a fob for Baby Yoda. Look, and if Boba Fett shows up, it's got to be the actor who plays him in the Clone Wars. It's got to be Tamara Morrison. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be him, and I don't know if they're going to put him in the show. Yeah. We would have probably heard about it. Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, there's there's definitely some big twists coming at the end. Yeah, I think that there will be, and I th- I, I do believe Boba Fett will come back. And who, who's who's directing the next episode? Do you know? I don't know actually. And, um, and, and like, by the way, shout outs to Bryce Dallas Howard, mm-hmm. um, who did a great uh, job, I think, as as a director on this you know on this episode, and you can tell that she was very much in love with the shots. You know, like I think I I think it it might have been her directorial debut i think she directed a black mirror episode i think okay. she's directed before okay but, okay um, okay so, so first one corrected. in the star wars universe so yeah I definitely think, first one in star wars and i thought you know i thought she did a good job so we're at four we have five six seven and eight so we have four more episodes left uh i know rick fami was directing one deborah chow is directing another one taika watiti directs the um season finale 
And I think it's either it's either Deborah Chow or, or Rick Famuyiwa that have two left, but yeah. I don't know. So but, I'm not looking it up. It but was I just also, off the top of my head. But I also think that this is a calculated risk on Star Wars's part, on Lucasfilm's part, mm. saying, like, yeah, we don't maybe we don't need Boba Fett. We just need somebody in a suit that looks just like him. And over time, people will stop thinking about Boba Fett. And we'll start associating this new guy in the suit, the Mandalorian, as the Boba Fett. Yeah. It's called the it, – it's actually a concept that's known as the precession of the simulacrum, okay? Which you start, you. you start relating to the copy more than the original. Oh, I like that. Okay. You know, so it's like – well, you've said that. Yeah, the IG-11 and, and the Mandalorian is basically right. Boba Fett and IG-88. Right, right, right. It's like when I was growing up as a kid and I would see imi- like um, uh, Randy Quaid doing his imitation of, of Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. I would start to relate to Ronald Reagan through Randy Quaid's impression oh, more fun. than Ronald Reagan, right? It's yeah. the precision of the simulacrum. It's something that's, you know, it happens with, with, with all kinds of stuff, like – Relating to James Dean just by the five or six images that we know of him versus like all the stuff that was actually out there of him. Yeah. You know, so you start relating to the things that are mediated to you the most. Yeah, I you know? get it. I, 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 we all love that armor. Right. We associate it with Boba. Then we had Django. So now we had Boba and Django. And now we got this Mandalorian dude. He's the carrier of the armor. There's going to be no mention of Boba Fett throughout I, this entire show. I think Bo- I think you're wrong. Actually, I think Boba Fett's coming in, and he's not going to have the armor because the Sarlacc sucked it all off. Right. Because of it, it can digest it over. But a it will be the years. actor. But the actor will be there. Tamara Morrison will show up in a version of the armor. It will be Boba Fett this season. Because I'm ready to make a bet on it. This season, I think I can't say season one oh, because okay. I don't so know. It's not a good bet then. Season two for sure. I think. All right, fine. Season yeah. two, then when season two rolls around, we'll do a bet. We'll do that. a bet. All right. Sounds good. And if he shows up season one, then then I should have bet you. But <laughs> yeah, I think you could have gotten a free lunch out of it. Yeah. Ooh, free lunch. I like that. Well, I think we, he's going to show up, though. But I, did, I just don't see how in wanna, season one. Well, I said it. Do you want to do a pizza Fett, rev? Sh- you want to do a pizza rev on it? Pizza rev on it. Okay, let's do season one. Boba Fett is appearing sometime season one. He's still a bounty hunter, and he's going to be going after... Yoda. Okay, Baby so Yoda. we'll do a straight up any pizza you want at Pizza Rev. Pizza Rev, okay. With any toppings. Any uh, toppings, same here, yep. Okay. And I'm going to say no. Okay. He's not showing up at all. You say yes. I say yes. Okay. For season one. All right, that's a bet. All right, so Let's everybody do down in the comments, who do you got on this bet? Do you got me saying no bet, way, no how? Bet, bet, yep. Or do you got Mark Riley? Putting Same. a pizza rev on the line. Pizza rev on the line. Boba Fett. A Boba Fett. The character <laughs> Boba Fett will show up season one. I went against my better judgment and said to make it interesting, let's do the bet. He appears in season one when I really think he's going to be in season two. But <laughs> right. but you believe in is. your – yeah. It's only I, a pizza. I believe that Boba Fett – It's only Fett, a pizza. Yeah, I, I believe Boba Fett will show up in this thing because I think the fans have been clamoring too much and I think they're going to make a mention – or a they're going to wrap up his story yeah. because it's like nobody can accept that the guy was eaten by a sarlacc. So we got to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. anyways, that is going to do it. That is your episode 69 of Rula 2. Thank you for joining us. And again, this episode was sponsored by HeroesVillains.com. Go there. Put in Rule 10 on checkout. You get 10 percent off. And if you do it today, you still have time. It's Cyber Monday. You can get up to 45 percent off your order. That's 10 with Rule of 10. Sorry, Rule 10. 
at checkout because they're already having 35% off right. over there. So 45% off. Get it. Get it. Support. Get it. Heroes and, and Villains. Get some good swag and yeah. support Collider. No and in there. Remember, it's heroesvillains.com. Check it out. All the new stuff. They have new Star Trek stuff, Batman and Joker stuff, and, of course, Mandalorian. It's all awesome. I'm wearing it now. But to you guys, I was wearing it, but I got a little bit hot. Yeah, it was hot in here. So thank you very much for joining us here on this episode 69 of Rule of Two. We'll be back next week with an all new episode at 5 p.m. PST on Collider Video. See you then. Rise. Napa Know How. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just sixteen forty nine. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 